Welcome, everybody. This is uh, Andy LeBeau of Commodity Research Group and Marty Stetzer, president of EKT Interactive. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the EIA report that was released just a couple of hours ago, as well as uh, all that's been going on in the uh, volatile petroleum markets, and we're going to try to do all that in, uh, in 15 minutes. So um, let's start. I'm going to just briefly talk about the um, crude numbers. The number showed a, a draw this week of, um, I'm sorry, a, a build, that was last week, a build of uh, 6 million barrels to 411 million. The market was looking for uh, a draw of uh, 3 to 4 million. And uh, the build, you know what, it's not all that surprising given that last week we drew by uh, 13 million barrels. And the reason we built this week, besides last week's draw, the reason we built were imports were much higher, exports lower. And the key number here in terms of, uh, at least for both crude and, and products, is that runs were down 400,000 barrels a day. There have been a lot of uh, refinery issues in, in the Gulf Coast, West Coast, power outages, um, operational problems. So that wasn't, a, that wasn't a big surprise. And to me, really, I wouldn't be, well, I, I really wasn't all that shocked that the market, uh, that the EIA reported, uh, reported a build. And really, neither was the market because it kind of held together and uh, has actually rallied, uh, rallied a little bit. The other big number here is on uh, production. The EIA is now rounding up, rounding the weekly production numbers up to uh, up to by the hundreds. So last week was 10.9 million barrels a day. This week is uh, 11 million barrels per day. The 11 million uh, is uh, definitely a uh, you know that that's a record. We're going to continue to make records going forward and. Uh, Marty, it's, it's kind of interesting the way the market has been uh, reacting to uh, higher prices over the last, uh, it's not interesting, it's critical how the market's been that reacting to higher prices over the last, uh, last couple of years. Well, it's not just the uh, market as you refer to it normally as the crude market and of course the stock market, but the big measure of activity that affects the oil patch is called the Baker Hughes rig count. It's been around for over 50 years, and I've been doing some research to update some of our uh, Oil 101 training and learned that since the collapse of 2014, the rig count has gone up between 20 and 25% per year through the middle of this year. Now, it's kind of tapered off a little bit. The other thing that's been interesting about the rig count, and I'm sure you and your listeners have all seen some of this, is we're so much more productive with the rig. Some, some of them are 20 to 25% more productive because they're using a technique called pad drilling, which uh, speeds up the, the fact you don't have to basically move the rig to build to do the new well. The big thing this impacts is what is called the oil field services industries, and not just the Schlumbergers, the Halliburtons, but there's over 700 companies or, or uh, manufacturers that are associated with drilling uh, finding, drilling, and completing and producing oil wells. And uh, the rig count is probably the 
prime driver, which also is reflective of crude price, and the crude price affects the the operator budgets, which which uh, makes them drill more or fewer wells. So uh, we've seen a lot of activity, of course, in in uh, Houston and uh, the Permian, but it also affects the global numbers, Andy. And right now, everything is so much better than it was in 2014. Oh my goodness! I mean, it, it's almost like night night and day for now versus uh, versus 2014 when the price was half of this. Right. Um, and I know we talked last week about the, uh, you know, about depletion and the gap coming up from when we didn't spend in 2014 and 2015. So this rig count, I mean, U.S. production is going to be key to the balances coming up. I mean, we really have to deliver. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's get back to the, let's get back to the numbers uh, quickly. The gasoline showed a draw of uh, about 3 million barrels. Gasoline still really, as we've been saying every week, it's really not all that interesting. Uh, inventories are 236 million. Day supply, which is stocks over demand, they're 24 versus uh, the four-year average of, of uh, 24. So gasoline is in pretty good shape. The one thing we've seen is some backwardation in, uh, in pad one. Uh, I think that's owing to some uh, refinery issues as well as uh, a little, there was a little uh, gap in imports for um, for gasoline, but that that's going to be made up. So you know, I wish I could you know get excited either way about gasoline, but you know the fundamentals really don't look all that uh, don't look all that interesting. And in terms of diesel, that drew by four hundred. I think the market was looking for unchanged to a slight build. I was looking for a slight build. Diesel still looks okay. It, its inventory level is one hundred twenty one million. Uh, versus the four-year versus last year, same number, 121, and the four-year average of 143. Uh, day supply low, 31 days versus uh, 37 days uh, four-year average, and total inventories built because of the crude build, and uh, U.S. total inventories in terms of uh, day supply are at uh, 58 versus a four-year average of, uh, of 63. And again, this is pretty, this is pretty key. We've been, we've been discussing this in the monthly and the weekly, is that where we are in inventory now, uh, we are, you know, we're moving actually into, into tight. Uh, certainly Cushing has, has gotten tight. So we're not, there's no, um, there's no big cushion there's no big cushion in terms of uh, in terms of total inventory, and uh, we continue to you know we continue to even though last week was a build you know we're net net drawing here. Andy, if I can add something, you mentioned pad in your discussion, and I mentioned drilling pad in my discussion. And for our listeners, especially those new to the industry, the pads that Andy is talking about is not a drilling pad; it's a PADD stands for Petroleum Administration for Defense District and goes back to when we rationed gasoline in the uh, Second World War. So like anything else in government, you have to kind of be careful what you put in place because uh, it might last forever. However, the PAD definition has really been terrific for the U.S. industry because there's five of them and they all behave differently, both with refinery capacity and market demands for what it's worth. 
Oh, that's a that's a great point, and uh, you know, not not all that many people know what the what the uh, pads stand for, and uh, that's a, that's a great call. That uh, the the pad uh, geography is is seventies from World War Two. Yep. Um, and we still use it. You know, I think the industry still use pad one is this pad two pad one is the Northeast. So because the futures contract for products are delivered in the, uh, in the Northeast, uh, that pad one is, is very important, obviously for the gasoline and the, uh, and the diesel contract while and, uh, pad three and, uh, is the refining. I'm sorry, Mario, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I should have let you finish. Go for it. You run a roll. I'm done. Uh, and and uh, again, everybody should know that the EIA tracks all the information, supply, demand, refinery runs, product lifting by pad. And almost every supply trading and commodity trading organization I've ever worked with is organized by pad because they're so different. Well, let's move on, Marty, and talk about what's going on sure. in, the, in the market because last week... Let's see. Inventories drew by 13 million barrels, which one would think on the face of it was quite bullish. And the market, you know, rallied a little bit after it came, came off. And then it was just, you know, Katie, by, Katie barred the door. The market came off uh, late last week and, and uh, early this week. Some real carnage in, uh, on, in both crude and Brent. Uh, and you know there there are some definite reasons I think for the for uh, the crude market to have, to have come off uh, come off that hard and it, it's unclear where we go from here because I think the big theme of the markets right now is there's a lot of uncertainty on a lot of big supply and uh, you know you, you can put together all your balance numbers and be wrong by hundreds of thousands of barrels a day. And where the market was looking, you know, a week or two ago at a third quarter shortfall, now you, you, you redo your numbers and you go, hey, you know, maybe it's going to be a pretty good surplus here in third quarter. So it, it, it's, you know, it's, be, it's become a very difficult it's never easy to trade but this has become a very difficult market so there's been a lot of shifting on on these numbers where you know we're really not sure uh what you know what's going to be provided to the market by um major producers saudi arabia told opec in june they were 10.4 uh in july they they aim we think to go up to uh, 10.8 uh, they've been out offering barrels in uh, in Asia, uh, so it, it does look as though we're going to be seeing more supply from the Saudis, more than perhaps more than uh, clearly more than what they had said at the OPEC meeting. But that 10 a to 11 is going to be, I, I think that that's going to be the uh, number. Iran, really unknown what the what the uh, effects of the sanctions are going to be. There there was a report. Uh, this week by a think tank that Iran's uh, exports could be down by as much as 1.5 million barrels a day, 1.3 to 1.5 million barrels a day. The administration said they wanted to get it to zero, which also uh, unhinged the market. And now they're saying that, uh, you know, they're, they're 
they're open to waivers. So it's really it's really unclear as as to where uh, where Iran's going to be, and uh, and then we go to Libya. Uh, again, the market was uh, thinking well, Libya had a force majeure and eight hundred fifty thousand barrels a day. That's a huge amount. Uh, however, that force majeure was lifted, but there's a field down of one hundred sixty thousand. So again, Marty, we're talking big numbers. Big numbers, big changes. Yeah, these are these big are uncertainties. Uh, yeah, these are these are big uncertainties, and uh, you know, it's it's just not uh, just not clear. I do think that the market is coming off and adjusting itself uh, because of the the return of Libya and Saudi, UAE, and Kuwait barrels coming on but you know it, it, how it adjusts or, or where it goes is, is going to be uh you know a difficult call here interesting marty the next thing i think we ought to talk about is the uh release of the uh spr or at least the rumored release of the uh spr just did a whole lot of uh research on on the spr uh for uh an interview i did with uh with AFP. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, there was rumors, uh, I guess the administration floated it through the uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, that they were thinking about releasing the, uh, the SPR uh, because of a potential shortfall from, uh, from Iran. Uh, however, at, at this point, prices have come off gasoline prices, which is what they're focused on, of course, in an election year, gasoline prices have basically come off and are well down from the highs at the end of, of May. So it probably doesn't behoove the administration at this point to um, release the barrels. They've been released by the president in an emergency uh, only three times in uh, in our history. Again, that's a, that's a presidential emergency release, and that was for um, the '91 Iraq War, Desert Storm, for uh, Hurricane Katrina in 2005, and in for the Libyan for this the Arab Spring in uh, 2011, and those, of course, were. Uh, real shortfalls in in supply, so the, the that's what that, that's where an emergency release should be should be used. And uh, with prices down here, I just don't see it. But of course, you know we are dealing with the Trump administration, so um, it's certainly possible that, that that they release it anyway. There, there's been a couple times where there's been political moves to do it, but I think they've all been overturned over the years, haven't they, Andy? There's been no. There, there's been some Congress now. It's different. Congress has really has can authorize a release from the uh, SPR, okay. and they did so in 1996 uh, for budgetary purposes. Um, it was, of course, in October of '96 before the presidential election, but. Uh, and currently, Marty, actually, we're, we're releasing through various um, budgetary um, from 2015, 16, 17, and 18, Congress has authorized releases to balance the budgets, to pay for this, pay for that. So in essence, those are somewhat political in that, you know, we're selling off the SPR rather than gain that through 
you know, tax revenues. Um, and that's going on right now. Maybe not, you know, we're going to be releasing 270 million barrels out of the SPR from now until 2027 on a pretty consistent basis. But that's separate than a presidential release. I see. Thanks for that clarification. That was really helpful. All right. So um, let's wrap it up. I, I think we're in 15 minutes. I think we're close. We can we can uh, put you through audio, maybe have you talk faster if we're a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Um, if you're if you want to find out more about uh, about Commodity Research Group, uh, we are on the um, web, of course, at www.commodityresearchgroup.com. You can reach me uh, at alebo, A-L-E-B-O-W, at commodityresearchgroup.com. And uh, we're all over uh, LinkedIn as, as well. And I'm Marty Stetzer here in Houston, president of EKT Interactive. If you're new to the industry and would like to learn more about this exciting piece of the global business, please take a look at our Oil 101 training at www.ektinteractive.com. And Andy, thanks for letting me join you on this call. Thanks, Marty. Thanks.